Hey, school counselor friends. Are you looking to take your counseling program to the next level? Well, we have some exciting news for you. The Perks School Counselor Content Club membership. And guess what? For a limited time only, you can get half off our yearly membership or even try us for a special $99 six-month deal. But hurry, this is our Black Friday deal and it's only good until November 29th. So what exactly do you get with the Perks School Counselor Content Club membership anyway? Well, let me tell you, you get instant access to all of the Perks. That means you'll have access to the full library of lessons, groups, individual curriculum, games, decor, and everyday resources too. It's like having a treasure trove of counseling materials right at your fingertips. But that's not all because Perks membership also offers professional development that can earn you college credit. Yes, you heard me right. You'll be able to enhance your skills while earning credits towards professional growth. And here's an extra treat for you and your students, bonus seasonal resources that they'll absolutely love. It's the perfect way to keep your counseling sessions fresh and engaging throughout the year. But the best part, the Perk School Counselor Content Club membership gives you the freedom to really enjoy your job. No more spending countless hours planning lessons, groups, and individual counseling sessions. With the perks, you'll have everything you need to work smarter and not harder. So why wait? Take advantage of this Black Friday deal now and get your instant access to all our lesson plans, groups, and tier three resources. Plus the templates you need for building your counseling systems, access to our private Facebook community, live webinars, and questions and answers with me and Brandy, as well as all the downloadable materials that you can use right away. So don't miss out on this opportunity to elevate your counseling program. Once again, it's half off our yearly membership or a special $99 six month membership. But remember, this offer is only valid until November 29th. So visit our website today or check the show notes and join the perks. Your students deserve the best and so do you. You're listening to the Counselor Chat Podcast, a show for school counselors looking for easy to implement strategies, how-to tips, collaboration, and a little spark of joy. I'm Carol Miller, your host. I'm a full-time school counselor and the face behind Counseling Essentials. I'm all about creating simplified systems, data-driven practices, and using creative approaches to engage students. If you're looking for a little inspiration to help you make a big impact on student growth and success, you're in the right place because we're better together. Ready to chat? Let's dive in. It is almost the end of the year. And you know what that means. It means that we need to start preparing kids for transition. Um, Today, we are talking specifically about the transition to middle school. And I have an interview with Music City Counselor, Laura Oathouse, that I'm going to share with you today. We actually did this interview last year for one of my Facebook groups, but the tips and the tricks and the strategies that we talk about, I think, are so helpful. So if you are an elementary school counselor or a middle school counselor, this episode is really for you. So I can't wait to share this with you. All right, let's dive in. Hello, everyone. This is Carol from Counseling Essentials. And thank you for joining us this Monday for Counselor Chat. This is the place that we're going to be talking all things counseling. And hopefully that what we talk about tonight will make the great work that you do as counselors 
even better because who doesn't want to learn all the little tricks and tips and life hacks and ways to just make our counseling lives easier. So as we get started, I want to introduce Laura. Laura is from Music City Counselor, so you might know her um, from behind the scenes with that. And um, she's here tonight to chat with us about the transition to middle school. So Laura, you want to tell everyone a little bit more about you? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so glad to see all of you. I see a bunch of your videos up. Um, let's see. My name is Laura. I, um, yes, my name on Instagram and I guess the counseling world is Music City Counselor. Um, so I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I have two sons that are five and two. Um, I was an elementary counselor for eight years um, until my second son was born. Then I started being a curriculum writer full time. So I've been home with my sons for about two years. Um, actually, right before COVID hit was when I um, started working from home. Um, but I still collaborate with and, and talk with counselors all the time and really miss being in person in the field and hope to return soon. Um, but that's kind of who I am. Great. So see a couple more faces. Hi, Orthelina. She's my, she's my pal. She's my girl. <laughs> so, all right. So, Laura, what do you see as some of the biggest concerns that our little um, elementary school kiddos, friends, um, have as they transition to the middle school? Sure. Well, I saw a, a big variety of concerns every year when I would talk to my fourth graders about moving on to middle school. Um, one of the biggest ones, I think, was being around those older kids. So, of course, our elementary friends are used to being the oldest ones in the school um, and moving on to a bigger middle school with much older kids and, and scary eighth graders can be a bit intimidating for them. Um, also going along with a big building is getting lost. Um, they know their little elementary school like the back of their hand and trying to navigate a big new building that is unfamiliar to them is scary. And I totally understand that one. Um, having multiple teachers. So a lot of times in elementary school, kids might have one, two or three teachers that they switch between during the day. But in middle school, they might have five, six, or seven. Um, so having all new teachers and having multiple teachers who all have their own ways of doing things and their own procedures and personalities can be a lot for the kids um, to get used to. Um, another classic is those locker combination locks. Um, every year the kids were terrified of those. And I even remember as a middle schooler being terrified of those as well. I know a lot of schools in COVID have stopped using lockers, but I do think a lot still do use lockers. So teaching them how to use those locker combinations is really important. Um, another big worry is fitting in and making friends. Um, I know when I was in uh, elementary school, there were four different elementary schools that all went to the same middle school. So that's a lot of new kids to get to know. 
Um, so just trying to find that core group of friends and fit in and find a sense of belonging is, is a big deal for them. Um, also having new activities to join. So um, things like sports, music, clubs, all sorts of things that, that they can join are exciting, but also worrying, will I make it? Am I good enough? Will I fit in? Things like that with those extracurricular activities. Um, and then there's the academic side, worrying about um, more and harder homework, having harder classes, and then navigating all of this along with puberty and crazy hormones just kind of makes for a big mess for our friends. I would totally agree with all of that. I know, um, you know, although this is my fourth year in elementary, because of COVID, I haven't really had the opportunity to really send kids up. My first year, the buildings were connected. So as an elementary counselor, I was um, in a building where they were connected. So there really wasn't a lot of transition issues. But um, after that first year, I moved to a different district. And yeah, we just haven't had the real opportunity to pass kids from and have the big ceremony and, and pass them along. You know, as a middle school counselor, which is really where I, I spent a bulk of my career, you know, kids definitely were worried about all those things, the making the friends and um, even like I'm from a really small district. And so, you know, we'd have three teachers in the elementary school, but when they came up to the middle school, you know, those three classes became one large class broken into five sessions. And so, you know, who they were friends with one period may not be who they were friends with the second period or the third period or the fourth period. So that is a really tough thing. I, I agree with you for kids to navigate, you know, having that core group, but not having the same core group every single period because it's not going to happen. Very so, good. yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. All right. What? Here's another question for you. You know, sure. you have all the elementary experience here. Sure. Um, Let me say too, um, sorry to interrupt that. I forgot to talk about kind of what my experience is, I realized. Um, I just wanted you, you all to know as you're listening to me share about my experiences with children, kind of the school that I came from. Um, so where I spent um, almost a decade was in a high poverty school in a very large urban district. So it was the urban city schools of Nashville. Um, and we had 97% um, of my students were living in poverty, over 80% spoke a language other than English at home. So it was kind of a unique population, but a beautiful population that I loved working with. So I just wanted to share that um, just in case maybe anyone here works with similar um, students or even if you don't, just kind of seeing how these concerns and these struggles kind of affect everyone across the board. Yeah, that's great to note for our counselors here, because um, just looking at who's on our screen, we have people from really all over in different um, locations and urban, suburban and, and rural districts. So mm -hmm. it's, it's nice to share that perspective. Absolutely. So go ahead. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, that's really fine. So, and like I said, for you guys before too, 
probably clear this up a little bit too. So the middle school that I was at is a very rural district, um, upstate New York. And now I'm in a inner city school district, you know, high poverty rate and, and all too. So, um, very, very different. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready for question two? I am. Okay. <laughs> so what do you want kids, our, our kiddos to know as they really move from elementary to middle school? What do you want them to know? Sure. I have a whole lot of uh, tips that I offer my students um, that I wanted to share with you. Um, The first one is to not be afraid to ask for help. Um, The help is available. Kids just so often are are scared to ask for it or feel embarrassed. Um, They may have older siblings or cousins or neighbors who are in middle school or who were recently in middle school that they could ask for advice or ask questions to. And if they don't, um, make sure to seek out their school counselor, social worker, teachers, principals, all those people that are there to help um, because they want to. They just sometimes, you know, don't know how to help if they're not asked. Um, Another huge thing um, for rising middle schoolers is to choose your friends wisely. Um, So we know that we all become like the people we spend the most time with. And middle school is such a vulnerable time for kids. Their brains are underdeveloped. They have trouble making decisions. They don't really know who they are. And so really focusing on the qualities that they look for in a friend and trying to find friends that match those traits is so important. And I always like brainstorming those traits with kids, you know, loyalty, trustworthiness, um, fun, loving, kind, all those things that they look for um, in a friend, you know, are, are so important for them to focus on. And alongside that social piece is to be aware of peer pressure. Um, we all want to belong. We all want to fit in. We all want to make friends, but we also don't want to compromise who we are and what we value. Um, so I always ask my students to think about who their heroes are and think about what does that person stand for? What does that person believe? And what do you admire about them? And then try to make choices in your life that align with, with those. Um, And think back to to what are those qualities that you're looking for in a friend and and how can you be that type of friend to someone else? And if someone is trying to pressure you to do something that you're not comfortable with or that compromises who you are, that's when a red flag should really go up about um, having that person in your life. So that's more important more than ever with all the technology and craziness that we all know goes on with our kids these days. Um, Another thing that I touched on a little bit ago was um, joining activities. I encourage this so, so much, Um, whether it's band, choir, cheerleading, chess, debate, anything that, um, you know, sports, anything that interests them, or maybe they don't even know interests them yet. um, I encourage them to join and try it. Um, Because you never know if you'll find something that becomes a new hobby or a new love for your life. And um, it's so important for kids to find that thing that fits them and find people that are like them and feel that sense of belonging that music and sports teams and clubs can bring. Um, It can also 
give kids something to be proud of and help them stay out of trouble too. So I always encourage them to try things, even if their friends don't want to try them or they don't think it's cool, you know, show up, try it. It might be something really special. Um, Another tip, stay organized. So I always loved having um, locker organizers. So those little shelves that you can put in lockers um, just to keep everything from being, you know, a giant heap of mess. Um, color Color coding folders and notebooks is really helpful. Um, Keeping a planner up to date with all those important deadlines, Um, cleaning out your desk and locker regularly, all those things that hopefully their classroom teachers will help them with. But going in and knowing, um, just being aware of that is so important, especially the agenda piece, because these kids have so much going on. They have projects due and soccer games and Some of them even, you know, switch between moms and dads' houses and all sorts of things. So just keeping um, an agenda and staying on top of those important dates is so important. Um, Another thing, goal setting. Um, I always make sure to do goal setting with my fourth graders before they move on to middle school. Um, You know, what are their goals for middle school? Do they want to make certain grades? Do they want to make the soccer team? Do they want to make a certain number of friends, whatever it is, um, just reminding them to stay focused on those goals. And then a little progress each day really adds up. And then the final thing I like to remind them is that they're not alone in this process. So it is scary. It is overwhelming moving on to middle school. But the good news is, is they're in the same boat together with hundreds of other kids and lots of people like us who have done this before. So I encourage them to lean on to others for support and just remind themselves that they can do it and they're not alone. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So as you were talking, I just had a little thought that I'm going to throw this out to all of our people who are joining us here tonight. And I just started a poll. So hopefully you can see that, but it basically is who's in charge of transition meetings at your school. Is it the elementary school counselor or is it the middle school counselor? I voted middle. Ooh, the results are coming in. (laughs) And it's all Julie. Oh, mine. That's a lot. She's a sole counselor, so mm-hmm. it has to be her. Okay. Just about everyone has participated. Oh, Amanda's in the same spot as Julie. All right. Get your vote in. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. All right. So it looks like for most people, it's the middle school counselor must come down or have kids over. Hmm. Okay. I know as a middle school counselor, it was me, but it seems like in my district now, um, it's the elementary counselor. Okay. I was just wondering. I was just curious. Thanks, guys, for participating in that. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So Laura, this is really the big question of the mm-hmm. day. And uh, because I know that you have done a lot of transition stuff yourself as the elementary counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, really, how do you help in your role uh, transiting kids? Sure. So I wrote out uh, six steps for you. And when I did this, um, I guess I didn't realize it was a whole six step process. I kind of just did it, but um, I wanted to really make it as simple as possible for everyone. So I made up um, six steps for you. Um, The very first step in before I did anything as far as planning for middle school transition was to administer a pretest to my kids. I'm going to share my screen with you. Let's see. Uh Uh-oh, host disabled participant screen sharing. I wonder, can I attach? Okay, hold on, try now. Okay, let's see. Share screen. Okay, looks like it's going to work now. Okay, can you all see that? Um, Looks like it says you are screen sharing. Okay, Um, so this is just a little um, pretest that this is free. Um, It's in my TPT store, Music City Counselor, and I'm happy to email or message anyone the the link that needs it. Um, But it's a little pretest that I give to students. Um, It lets them fill out their feelings, thoughts, concerns, and overall readiness about moving to middle school. And so I gave this to every single fourth grader. I usually would just hand it out to teachers to have them do it um, with students in class or at the end of a counseling lesson on a different topic. I might throw this in at the very end for my fourth graders. Um, But this really helped me to plan relevant programming for them to make sure that I hit all of the hot topics that they mentioned and answered all of their questions. And sometimes they had such specific questions that I even contacted the middle school counselor beforehand, um, before I did any programming and asked those questions, because I might not know um, as the elementary counselor some intricacies about how the middle school uh, world works. Um, So this really helped me to gather information, gather data, and then plan my programming after that. Um, Let's see, stop share, okay. Um, so after the pretest, I would go in, I would plan my lesson and go into every fourth grade class and teach them a transition lesson. Um, so in that lesson, we explored their feelings, their worries. Um, we reviewed the differences between elementary and middle school. We discussed tips for success and we set smart goals together. Um, There's also a really great video on YouTube. It's by Spokane Public Schools out in Washington, and it's called um, Fears and Faves About Middle School. Um, I can link that. Maybe I can um, in a minute. I'll link that in the chat for you guys. Um, It's a really good video with current middle schoolers talking all about uh, how the transition was for them and kind of what middle school is like for them. And It's just so relatable to hear it right from the voice of the kids. So I really highly recommend that video. Um, I'll link that for you guys as soon as I can. Um, So that's all part of the transition lesson. After the lesson, um, we take a tour of our local middle school. So 
Um, your state or district might have certain guidelines as far as whether in-person tours are allowed at this point. Um, if you're not allowed to do an in-person tour, virtual tours are very powerful too. Um, so just any way for them to get more of a feeling of what that middle school is like is very helpful. So um, we always did an in-person tour. Um, I would meet with the fifth grade counselor um, a few weeks in advance and we would talk through the event. Um, she would choose current fifth grade students who are um, leaders, maybe student council type students who would serve as tour guides and they would show us around the building in small groups. We did a standard school attire fashion show that was really cute. Um, our urban district has um, uniforms. So um, the kids would come out and model their uniforms for us. Um, and then the band and the theater program did performances. So that was a really good way for the kids to see exactly what they could join and what they could be part of. And the theater one was really special because they always performed a song from their musical. So that was really fun. And then um, we would sit in the classrooms at the end in the fifth grade hallway for a bit. And the teachers would just talk a little bit about middle school expectations. And then the kids had a chance to ask questions. So that was so helpful. They loved that field trip. They loved going. Um, a lot of them saw siblings and friends and neighbors that were at the middle school. And it just kind of makes it a little less scary to be able to see everything in person. But even if you can't go in person with COVID restrictions, um, working with the, the middle school counselor to make a video tour um, and interviewing some middle schoolers. I mean, you could maybe spend a half day and go over to the middle school and work on that. And you could come up with something really helpful for your kids. Um, so the fourth step after that tour, I administered the post test to my fourth graders, which was the same as that pretest. Um, but it let me see the effectiveness of my programming. So I hoped that I saw more students who were feeling less scared, more confident, more excited. Um, I was hoping that a lot of their questions had been answered um, and that my, it you know, would show that my interventions had been effective. Um, it also gave me an idea, though, of where the kids stood now. So after the lesson, after the middle school tour, who's still really scared? Who still has a lot more questions? What else can I do to help? And maybe that meant pulling some kids one-on-one -on -one or a small group of students, um, you know, a middle school readiness small group. Anything else that I could do for those kids that still needed more support. Um, from there, the fifth step, I presented this data to our uh, fourth grade team and to the principal. So I always loved showing anyone I could um, about the programming that I offered the school and the impact that it made. Um, you, you could also share this with the middle school counselors and middle school principals too, to show, hey, look what I did, You know, look at the, the value that I bring and look at um, the difference that the, this programming made. Our kids you know, feel so much more ready. And then um, the sixth, Step, which um, is a little, you know, separate to the ones I just mentioned is I always made sure to provide as much information as I could 
to the middle school counselors about my incoming students. So um, in my district, we call our, our meetings S team or support team meetings. Those are those uh, meetings where um, we develop intervention plans for kids or potentially they could lead to psychological testing for disabilities. Um, think those type meetings, I always wanted the middle school counselors to be aware of where we were. So I made a spreadsheet with all the information for them. Um, same with 504 kids. So I made a spreadsheet with all their names, um, you know, a little bit of information about their 504 plans, and then um, any significant counseling needs. So I didn't provide detail, you know, to respect student privacy, um, but just those kids that I really worried about who needed that ongoing support. Um, I made a spreadsheet with those names and just like, you know, a sentence or two explanation um, to help the middle school counselor really know who to who needed that help and um, to be able to check in with them. So those were those were my steps for how to transition my kids. Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So I agree. Those transition meetings that you have um, with the elementary and the middle school counselors, I think those are so important. We would have um, we'd have data meetings on our students when I was in middle school, where we'd have our fifth grade team of teachers meet with the fourth grade team of teachers. In our elementary school, we had um, a school psychologist who was in charge of providing counseling services and mental health services to the kiddos there. And then I was pretty much the sole counselor at the middle school. So I, I was also a part. So she was, and I was, and we would be a part of these um, team meetings, these data team meetings, and we would talk all, everything there was. So um, mm -hmm. we'd go through like line by line, step by step, everything there was to know about the kids. And that was extremely helpful. I felt like when they came up, I like, I had an eye, like who was who and who needed what. And so those meetings are, are really crucial. Yes. And you can sleep at night knowing that you've provided everything that you could for those kids, for sure. Mm -hmm. I, um, I linked, by the way, that video for you guys in the, um, in the chat. So you can find that uh, middle school transition video. Do you want to, Laura, to, um, before we leave tonight, uh, drop the link for your um, your survey. Oh yes, I will yeah. add that. Absolutely, that takes me just one second to find. Let me grab that for you guys. All right. While Laura's doing that, how many of you guys show up hands? You might have to flip your little screen on there for a second, or you can do like a little raise hand button. But how many of you are elementary counselors? Oh, look at those beautiful faces coming on. Mm -hmm. One, two, three. Okay. Okay. And then another quick show. You can turn your little hands down now. And then, because I'm going to ask to see our middle school peoples. And some are both. Yeah. 
Okay. So it looks like we have a few more elementary, but we still have a, quite a few middle school people on too. And then Laura is currently elementary. Mm -hmm. um, not Laura, you. <laughs> not Laura, music city counselor, but another Laura mm -hmm. um, is now until June, and then she's going to be in middle school in September. Awesome. All right. Very cool. Well, I had a question for you, Carol. Okay. Um, you have a whole lot of experience as a middle school counselor. What did you do um, to help with the transition process? I was totally on the, the other side of it. Um, what I did is, one of the first things I did was I always found a fifth grade um, student that I thought really well represented the class. And I would bring that student down to the middle school. And um, she, or this person, he or she, um, would help to answer some questions from the fourth graders that were coming up. Um, and we would talk to them briefly about what the school was all about. And really, we had the kids while we were there, we gave them each a little postcard, and they were to write down their question that they had right, or their questions. And we basically collected those and we were going to use those later on. But she was like, um, I keep saying she because the last person I brought was a she. Um, I brought her down and, she, you know, we collected the cards and then we came back up to the middle school. But at the middle school, um, we have a parent night for our parents. So we always had a parent presentation to kind of welcome students in, but we, I had the whole tour program. So I would train fifth graders to be leaders, tour leaders, and our fourth graders would come. And the way I, I did it was I, um, I have to back this up a little bit. <laughs> I'm like spinning around in a million ways, but we had all our fifth graders ate together for one lunch period. So our, class of 120 students all ate at one time. And our school, what we did is we broke them basically into two groups. And so one group would have recess first and the other group ate. And then halfway through the period, the kids would switch. So during this block of time, um, over the course of a week, we would have each fourth grade class come to the middle school. I would have groups of kids that were in charge of greeting the bus when the bus came to the school. Um, another group that was in charge of splitting the class that came into two groups, one that would go to eat first, another that would go to recess. And then I would have a group of students who would take the recess kids out to recess and play with them and show them the rules and stuff of the our recess area. And then another group of students would take the the students that were remaining to the cafeteria kind of explained to them how they would go through the lunch line and how lunch worked at the elementary school. And each of these two groups of student leaders were given like discussion questions, topics that they had to address as they were meeting with their little group. Um, after the lunch recess was over, the kids were all brought to my room 
And I've had another group of student leaders that were tour guides. And we would break the kids up, usually into four different smaller groups. And the kids would, they each had a different tour pattern of the building. And so the kids knew exactly where they were going and who they were going to see. And one group would start with me. We'd have a little video that the fifth graders all did. And so we had them be little movie makers. So they would, um, before they came, and so they would, the movie had um, each teacher saying, hi, I'm this person, this is what I do. This is the rules of my class, as well as all the elective teachers, which in our building, we didn't really have electives because it was all built into the schedule but art and music and, and all that stuff, as well as members from each club that kids could belong, belong to. And so we'd play this movie first, and then we would teach them how to open a lock, and then they would go off and have another part of the tour. And so I'd have kids in there helping open the locks and doing all kinds of things. And we would kind of just rotate through for the day, and then we sent them back to the elementary school. And then... After our graduation, our moving up ceremony from fourth to fifth grade, the kids did with me, again, a transition to middle school escape room. It's kind of like the fun part of their moving to middle school experience. And so that's what we did. It was kind of fun. That's fantastic. I, that sounds like a lot to coordinate, but I love the idea of them eating lunch and playing outside with the fifth graders. That's a fantastic idea. It, it's so simple, but it's, I mean, the, the connections they can make and the, the comfort level they can have, that, that's amazing. I love all of your ideas. What was really nice was we were really pretty much able to pair every single middle school student to a fourth grader, you know, over the course of the week. So every kid really got the chance to be a leader. And that has a pretty profound impact on who they are and their development as a middle school student. So it's really nice to see them kind of, um, you know, grow in that capacity. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love how you brought one class at a time too, and, you know, greeted them at the bus and all that. That's great. We had our whole fourth grade all went over to the middle school on the same day. And it was actually multiple schools even. So there were, you know, well over a hundred, you know, maybe two to 300 kids all in the gym. So it was a much bigger thing, but I really like how personal yours was with bringing each class over one day at a time. Well, when you're, you know, your cohort is 120 kids or fewer, it's definitely easier to do. When you have, like, now we're closer to 700 in a cohort, we, we can't do that. It's, really? just, it's crazy. It would be crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Good ideas. Okay. Um, should we do some questions and answers first from peeps? Yeah, let's do it. If you guys have any particular questions that you want to ask, go ahead and pop it into, into the chat. I think we got one from earlier, which mm -hmm. was um, 
Let's see, I had one from Danielle. Okay. Um, she had said that her students have been virtual for two and a half years and will be going in person to middle school after a really long time at home. She's wondering how to help them with the transition and especially considering that a lot of them have delicate health issues. So that's that's a tough one for sure. That is tough. I think, you know, from being in a school right now, um, you know, we I'm in New York. So masks have recently, you know, they're now optional of, um, as of just a few weeks. It hasn't really been that long. So I can understand how um, some students are still, you know, they're fearful. They're worried you know, COVID is still here. I think we'd like to say that it's gone, but we all know the truth that it's it's kind of far from that. Um, I, I think one of the biggest things to do is just make it what you do similar to what you would do any other time of year, you know, any other year, you know. So if you're going to talk to them about, being a good friend and how to find friends and what to expect. Those topics are the same, whether or not they're coming to school for the very first time or they've been doing it all along. So I think you just go through like it's normal, even though it's not, but then um, maybe on a, a survey like you did earlier, um, just not like, because of COVID, what concerns do you have? Like add maybe a question or two on and then address those as they come up. But, you know, just, just do what you do. For sure. And, and I think too, talking about just respecting, you know, respecting how each family, respecting the comfort level of each student and family. So for example, uh, my niece has type one diabetes and she's immune compromised. So we've had to be really, really protective of her. She just started, um, she's in kindergarten this year. Um, so for her family, it's a matter of, you know, she wears a mask every day. She, and she doesn't participate in indoor field trips. Um, she, any activities that she does, um, like extracurricular activities are outdoor. Um, you know, if there's an event where parents come into the building, she usually doesn't join. Um, so kind of just limiting exposure for her is really the most important thing and making sure that the school's aware of that and respects that um, and her and that her peers do too. So I think, I think that's something that, you know, is important to just communicate that some of us are really comfortable with crowds and no masks and all of that. And some of us really aren't. So um, just kind of respecting people where they are. You know, and from my experience in the school, you know, having just having the mask become optional, you know, we still have quite a few kids that do wear the mask every day. And what I have really witnessed, I think, is that kids are pretty respectful of that. Teachers are really respectful of that. So I don't know how much need there is to 
really address some of those things because I think they're just there naturally. And kids are just, they're just so tolerant and they're so patient and they just, they are understanding like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got a few questions here, Julie. When you present to your students who are transitioning, what topics specifically do you cover? Let's see, I lost it for a second. Um, Time management, social changes, and making new friends, peer pressure. pressure. Sure. Um, Let me go. Let's see. So other things that I cover, um, the differences between elementary and middle school. So I want them to know all about those. And those sometimes are school and district specific, but um, things like uh, changing classes during the day, um, how many teachers you will have, um, having more choice. So things like maybe more choice for food options at lunch or more choice for activities to join. Um, more choice for uh, classes at some point in middle school. Maybe they have electives or things like that. So having a little bit more freedom is important for them to be aware of. Um, Let's see. Uh, Time management with things like homework and more more homework and more difficult homework. Um, Let's see. Getting lost in a big new building, that's another one that that we talk about. Um, You can even show them, um, our middle school has a fifth grade hallway where most of the, pretty much everything for fifth grade is there, except for the cafeteria, the gym, things like that. So I like to show them um, even just like a map of the school too, and say, this will be your area. And no, there will mostly be fifth graders here. Not a whole lot of eighth graders or older kids will be walking this area. So to kind of ease that fear to that fear too. Um, what would you add, um, Carol? I would say those basic things. I think the one thing that um, you know, I used to have the the fifth graders tell our our fourth graders like, what are the differences that you noticed? And it's always unanimous, not walking in line. Like that, the thing that they look forward to the most, the thing that they loved, you know, as a student in middle school in May, you know, that's been there for nine months. That's really what they loved. Oh, in middle school, you didn't have to walk in line. So just sharing those little funny things too, um, that the kids really love, I think is really helpful to the incoming fourth graders because it, it lightens the topic a little bit and makes it fun. For sure. Those little things. Yeah. Our middle school didn't have recess, which was really heartbreaking to our fourth graders. So I did usually tell them that just so it wasn't a shock, but yeah, no, knowing those differences is, is really important. So they know more what to expect. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Orphalina. She says, the middle school process is exhausting because there are so many choices. With that in mind, what support would you recommend for parents and caregivers uh, to support students with the process? Do you know more, Carol, since um, since you know her as far as what's, which choices does she mean? Does she mean? Yeah, it's, well, New York City, as you know, is very different from the rest of New York State. They have their own, like, 
stuff down there. Um, and so a lot of New York City middle schools, there are choices and there are choices of where kids can go. And okay. there's just a lot. Um, I think just having probably both printed and visual and information, maybe if you can even put like a little video together and post it on the website, that multiple ways to access information, I think is probably important, you know, so send print home, um, have a video, uh, have parents in for an evening program. You know, yes, I always did an evening program. So I was in the, as I said, the urban district in Nashville, and we have several, several choices for middle schools. So you can either go to your school of zone or you can go to charter schools. Um, there are magnet schools, all different options. And so I used to have a school choice night. And I would invite a representative from all of the local middle schools who would set up a little table, almost like a college fair type situation. And then the parents could come in with the students and um, learn all about each school and ask questions. And that was super, super helpful um, just to be able to get a better idea. But most of my students did end up going to their school of zone. Okay. Orphalina, do you do something like that? where you have um, a choice night? Yeah, I had done something similar, not during the night, but I was thinking about more like, sometimes parents, you try to provide them with the choices and resources, and sometimes the parents who are fixated, like, no, I want this on school. But you see the kids having potential in going to other school, but sometimes it could be that they feel like they the students are not ready to commute by themselves uh, or to go far to a location and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, our students who attended charter schools took the city bus, which, yeah, a lot of that is, is scary. And a lot of those specialty schools don't provide transportation. So that's tough. That is tough because you want to encourage students if the, if there's a special school that offers something that they love or that they're really good at, like music or art or dance, and they want to go to this special school, but a, a parent does have to be on board, you know, if, without parent support, it, it's unlikely that the, the student will be successful. So that's a tough one. I would recommend meeting with that parent and, and, and uh, talking through all the things that the school offers, but also being real about the, the, you know, the cons too, like, Hey, they don't provide a school bus or they have this, you know, a lot of the charter schools also require parent involvement. Um, ours, the parents would have to volunteer a certain amount of times per month, different things like that. So making sure that parents know exactly what they're getting into, but also showing how much their child could grow and benefit from the school. Yeah, maybe Orphalina showing them what's beyond today and showing them tomorrow. And when I'm talking about tomorrow, I mean, what are their high school options then like? So, mm-hmm. because that's yeah, a great thing. Absolutely. A specialty middle school can open them up to then a charter or specialty high school too. So absolutely. Thinking ahead. Oh, Christy 
Someone once said to cover the L's, the leaving, so what happens at the end of the day, the looks or the fashion, the lunch, how does the lunch line work, where is it, and lockers, how to open them. I like the L's. I never heard of it. Love that. But I love that. Can I use that, that Christy? fantastic. I might have to make a graphic about that and give you credit, Christy. Thank you. Absolutely. I love that. No problem. No problem. Love it. Um, so helpful. And yes, this is being recorded, Mandy. So I will pop it in the Facebook groups um, either tomorrow or the next day, but definitely Thursday at the latest. Um, so, yeah. And then when our kids came back after the pandemic, we talked about the things that would be the same and what might be different. Same. Learning is still happening. Teachers still care. We are here to learn, etc. And different is some will be wearing masks, others will not be wearing masks. Temperature checks, online options for learning, and um, oh, so that's more towards I think Laura answering Danielle's question. Mm-hmm. So the same versus the different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see. No lines and no recess yet. Let's see, someone asked, if you were to compare elementary to middle school, what would you say that the counselor in the middle school has less ping ping moments? I'll be totally honest, I don't know. Oh, ping like you're having, um, like your calendar is pinging with things to do. Is that what you're referring to? See, in elementary, you go from guidance lessons to getting close for a student to a crying student to a 504 meeting. Oh, ping pong. Okay. I I guess, okay, either one would work. So would you say that middle school is less? (laughs) No. (laughs) Did you hear that? You laugh. No. Um, uh, I really think that uh, this is, is my boss around? (laughs) She's just not on her. But I think elementary is honestly the easiest level that I've been at. Um. Of course, my caseload is also the smallest that has ever been because I share 340 students with another counselor. So um, fantastic. I am I am really blessed. And we only do, you know, true school counseling. We don't have any extra duties. So um, I'm not sure. I, it's probably not typical elementary, but in middle school, I had 480 students. I was on the go from the minute I walked in the building before I even took my coat off because there was like five kids like walking behind me. And um, I never, it's probably good that our middle school building didn't have a faculty lounge because I would never be able to go in it to have lunch because I always had kids in my room eating lunch. Um, And it it was just, it was busy. Mm-hmm. Busy, busy, yeah. busy. I was super busy with elementary too. I had uh, 430 students just for me, uh, pre-K through fourth grade. And um, yes, it, it did feel like ping pong um, for sure. Just thing at constant um, this way and, and that way. Um, a, a teacher used to always joke that I needed rollerblades because I would just, I'm really tall and I would just zoom around the school um, and trying to do as many things as I possibly could. So 
Um, I, and I think a lot of it too is kind of who you are as a person. You know, I'm really proactive, a, a go-getter. You know, I want to be in the middle of everything and, and helping with everything I can. So a lot of it too kind of depends on who you are and, and what you like to offer at your school as well. But I think every level has its, has its ping pong for sure. Yeah, I think it definitely does. Um, yeah, I think the situations are just a little different between elementary and middle. You know, I think when I think of elementary, I think more CPS calls and um, working with teachers on behavior plans and and going into classrooms because you have a kid that's like throwing chairs. Um, In middle school, I had the kid that, you know, is trying to cart herself in the bathroom stall, you know, so you have different, you have definitely different situations. For sure. So, you know, not that one crisis is bigger than others, but they're just different kinds of crises. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think elementary and middle, at least from what I have seen, offer the most as far as direct work with students. I think from what I've seen, high school counselors um, kind of a little bit more behind the scenes, whereas elementary and middle are a little more hands-on. So that's- I think you do more individual work with high schoolers. Um, having been a high school, because that's actually the bulk of my career is at high school. Um, it's more individual, it's mm-hmm. more college career focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Elementary and middle is more tier one, tier two. Mm-hmm. All right. It doesn't look like we have any more questions. I think we have them all. So before we leave tonight, Laura, are you ready? I have some super fun round questions. I'm nervous, but okay. Okay. So are you more of a um, a coffee girl or a diet Dr. Pepper girl? Um, no coffee of any kind. Um, I don't, I don't like coffee. I wish I did because I need the energy. I'm, I'm a very low energy person. Um, I am hundred percent in love with honest tea. I drink like three or four of them a day, the peach flavor and it had, and they have caffeine. So that would be my drink of choice. Gotcha. All right. Um, if you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, we'll say without your children, just okay. you and um, your hubby, where would you go? So I spent, I have spent a whole lot of time in Spain. Um, I studied abroad there in college and I did um, date a Spaniard for four years. We, we will leave that part out with my husband. He knows <laughs> Um but um, that I speak Spanish. Um, I love the country of Spain so much. I love the culture. Um, I would love to go back. It's been um, probably 10 years since I've been. Um, so I would love to go and, and show my husband that part of me because um, I've spent probably in total like over a year of my life there. So I would love to go back. Least favorite vegetable? All of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I gosh, I, I'm so bad with vegetables. Um, 
Maybe peas. Peas. Hmm. I don't okay. like how mushy they are, but um, I like very few vegetables, if any. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and if you had to pick one food to eat for the rest of your life, you would have it every day, what would it be? I would have absolutely no problem having tacos for every meal. Yeah. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Mexican food fan, always have been, and I, I probably eat Mexican food three to four times a week, I would say. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And um, if you want to pop, you know, that link, if you want to go search for it and pop it in the chat. Yes, I added the survey for them. Oh, and you did? The okay. Video. Um, yep. So if you scroll up, they're from 730. Oh, I see it now. Both of them. Perfect. Perfect. So mm-hmm. it's there if anyone wants them. Um, go ahead and grab them. And other than that, we'll see you guys. Um, we are having a counselor chat next week. I don't have a topic yet, so it's to be announced, but Within the next day or two, we'll have a topic for next Monday. Awesome. Thank you all for having me. Thank you for joining me. It was great to see all of you. Okay. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. Could you tell me where the link was? Oh, sure. I can put put it again. It's in. So if you go to the chat, are you there? Oh, you know what? I think it's because I came. um, I had to. um, Oh, did you come late? Okay, let me put them both. Um, let me put them both. Let's see everyone. I'm going to just add them now so that they're at the bottom. So there's oh, the, there it is. Thank you so much. free survey. And then here's that YouTube video that I really like. Let's, oh, thank you. That's great. There we go. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks, Carol. All right. Here we go. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Counselor Chat. All of the links I talked about can be found in the show notes and at counselingessentials.org forward slash podcast. Be sure to hit follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast player. And if you would be so kind to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. Want to connect? Send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram at Counseling Essentials. Until next time, can't wait till we chat. Bye for now.